All right, guys, welcome back. All Offense Podcast. We're going to do a little bit of a Raptors recap this week. Of course, we are officially, I think, uh, game started last Thursday, so we're a week into the NBA restart. We've had some great games, been very surprised by a couple teams. We're going to talk about, you know, really how bad the Grizzlies have been and how surprising some of the other teams outside of the playoffs have been since the NBA came back. Of course, we got to talk about the Raptors getting their third win last night against the Magic. A pretty boring game, but we're going to break that one down as it is a probable series that the Raptors will play the Magic in the first round of the NBA playoffs. We're going to talk about that, and I think Jack has a little bit of trivia for me as well. So that is coming right at you right after this. guys we're gonna get right into this episode raptors currently three and zero in the bubble big wins 107 92 over the lakers in their first game 107 103 to extend their winning streak over the heat probably their toughest game they've seen so far and as i said in our intro first time playing the magic uh they got the win there as well 109 99 not too impressive of a game from either team uh the Raptors' defense was there, as it always is. Held the Magic to just 11 points in the first quarter. But other than that, really not a lot to talk about here. I mean, Gasol does what he does against Nikola Vucevic. And we had, you know, no real standout performances. Fred had a double-double, but not a huge amount of scoring from anyone. Jack, do you have any takeaways from this game? Nope, that's it. See you next week, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, like and Close subscribe. Book. Um, I, I really appreciated how smooth Fred was in this game. He just seemed to have a really well-rounded game. Like, he can pull up from three. He's shooting 50% in the bubble, I think, from three, which is crazy. Um, yeah, just such a smooth game. His handle looks so polished. He does that thing with, with like, savvy point guards where they go down the lane. If they don't get the shot, they kind of circle under the hoop to reset the offense. So he's just really in his bag right now. I guess the only other thing was like the drama between Aaron Gordon and Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Um, If people didn't see that, uh, some sort of lip reading wizard figured out that Aaron Gordon actually called Lowry a bitch. And then Lowry came back and gave Aaron Gordon his room number uh, and said that he can come (laughs) if he wants to, uh, which is ridiculous. Um, Wow. I didn't see it going that way. Like who would have thought? It would have ended up in a date. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was gonna get worse. Listen, the families aren't there. You gotta make families aren't make there. Um, the cats away, the mice will play. <laughs> so as we saw a couple days ago as well, Jonathan Isaac, huge loss for the Magic. I think you could tell yeah. that. I mean, Siakam didn't have the best game, but that is certainly the matchup I was looking forward to. Isaac and Siakam. Isaac's one of the better defenders on the magic i would say he's the best and certainly their future and with a meniscus tear or sorry it was an acl um i think jaron jackson jr who we'll talk about a little bit later had a meniscus tear but he is going to be out likely for all of the 2021 season as well just with the timing of the bubble which is a huge blow 
uh, after that season, he was available for uh, his rookie extension or a new deal. So it's just really disappointing to see that. I think we've talked about this before, but like constantly being a seven or eight seed for the Magic, it's just not going to come together. They, I don't really see how they get better. And I think to get better, they need to get worse first. So it's just like, it's it's a really boring team right now. I think they have to move on from guys like Aaron Gordon. You can see Aaron Gordon being a really good piece. There's some buzz about him going to Brooklyn, which I think is a good fit if the salaries make sense. Um, and then if you bring back a Spencer Dinwiddie or a Karis LeVert, I think that at least gives you something to work off for the Orlando Magic. But again, if if and it certainly looks like this, of course, right now the Bucks are losing. If the Bucks lose out, which is unlikely. The Raptors will get that one seed, which I think is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, it seems like this is a quick four-game series. Do you think there's any chance they grab a game? I mean, there's always a chance, but it just seems so unlikely at this point. Yeah. Like, they just also must be demoralized. Like, they had, they looked like they were going to be better this season, and they were just kind of the same old, same old, but there wasn't the same kind of explosion of Vucevic this year or there was like a resurgence of Aaron Gordon at the the start of last season last season so yeah I really have I really don't think it it could go more than one game but what's interesting is I actually kind of want the Bucks to keep the first seed because after you saw the game today against the Bucks versus the Heat they do not play the the Heat well at all um there's a stat right going around right now of Bam against Giannis and he absolutely shuts him down yeah 36 percent true shooting against Giannis uh I mean Bam is the Giannis stopper I know that's like the flavor of the month term right now but I think that series you could see going six or seven I I I think everyone would still favor the Bucks in that series but it's an interesting point if if you have a tough matchup from them you'd much rather I mean Boston hasn't looked particularly enticing so far so if you get Boston and Toronto, all things assumed, you get the top four seeds. I think that that's very much in play. Um, so, yeah, currently as we're recording, the Bucks are losing going into the fourth quarter. So Bam's obviously doing what he does. I do want to quickly talk about the Heat game because that was probably the toughest challenge that the Raptors faced this entire restart. Uh, we had That was a game that Fred had, 36-5-4, and four, uh, his new career best. Um and again, it, it, it was a good game from them. Jimmy Butler uh, struggled that entire game. Uh, Gordon Dragic had a really good game. Of course, he went out as well. Um, but yeah, like I think the Heat are like a legitimate challenge for the Bucs here. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's going to be interesting how that shakes down because it's kind of happening all over where the Lakers locked up the one seed, but now they're not trying anymore. Mm-hmm. The bottom of the West is just a scramble. The Heat and the Celtics look like it's going to come down to it. And you've got the Raptors um, and the Bucks now. So it could really shake out in a bunch of different ways. And like I said, I think the, the Bucks and the Heat is going to be one of the, the more favorable matchups, especially for the Raptors, if somehow the Bucks get knocked off in the first round, although I think that's extremely unlikely. Well, I mean, if they get the Nets... They already second lost round, to the second Nets. round, second round, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Sorry. sorry. Um, so, of course, that's going to be interesting. You mentioned the sort of fringe teams looking for that playoff spot. I think that has been really the story here. Um, 
you came in knowing that certain teams like the Bucks, like the Raptors, I think the Raptors had to lose every game and in order to lose that four seed and fall to four, like reasonably, like the two and three don't actually matter because you're playing at a neutral ground. Um, yeah. So it's interesting to see that happen, but it looks like the Raptors are just going to lock up that two seed. I think if we beat Boston, I think it's official, like mathematically we're stuck in the two. Yeah. So that's going to be really interesting. I've been following a lot more of the playing teams though. You look at how the Suns have been playing. Uh, mm-hmm. Mello, who we talked about last week, has been playing really well, hit that clutch shot in their last game. Um, and it's just been more interesting. Like those those are the teams with something really to play for. And I've been enjoying those a lot. Right now, the Indiana uh, Pacers are playing the Suns. And I had that game on before we started recording rather than the Bucks Heat, just because it was a yeah, lot the more Suns interesting. Are, Suns are up 15 with uh, three minutes left. So yeah. it looks like they're going to be 4-0 in the bubble. 3-0 or 4-0? Uh, they will be 4-0. They haven't lost yet. Beating the Clippers. That's crazy. Clippers and the Pacers along the way. Um, so let's get to some plus minus. We're going to take some time to talk about the Grizzlies specifically as it looks like it's seriously a possibility that they go 8 or 0-8 oh over this entire bubble with an extremely difficult end of the road. But I want to talk about the Pelicans first. Since we last recorded, the Pelicans have been pretty disappointing. Obviously a huge loss against the Clippers. The Zion minutes has been a big issue as well. He played a full game today, but they couldn't win. So they fall as well. Uh, and it's it's really starting to look like you have the Spurs and the Trailblazers as the two teams that are going to be sort of competing for that eight, potentially now eight seed or ninth seed, um, which we didn't expect. So what do you, I don't know how much of the Spurs you've been watching, but I think that was a surprise for everyone. I have not been watching a ton of the Spurs, and that was very much intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, although they have lost two in a row at this point. Yeah. So we'll have to table that discussion. It's interesting because, I don't know, I like all of these teams except for the Pelicans. And I thought that I actually, I like all these teams except for the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. I liked the Grizzlies before. Didn't really want to see them in the playoffs. But now it's kind of compounded by the fact that Jaron Jackson's out, and they just have no big man depth, no wing depth. Um, and they would just get crushed in the first round. Whereas I think a team like the Trailblazers or, well, really just the Trailblazers would probably be the best to see in the first round. But as far as the playing game, if they played the Suns or the Kings or the Spurs, I think those games would all be fun. The Kings have been really fun as well. I was watching them today and Bogdan was just going off. He kind of reminds me, he has like a Clay Thompson-y kind of game without the defense. Yeah. Like he's just very quick release, turnaround. Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched any of the Kings. Surprisingly, climbing up the stats <laughs> board here, um, it's basically yeah. it almost seems like the reverse of what we all expected. Uh, if you if you remember on our first return podcast, we had the the Pelicans basically, yeah, projected as an a lock in nine seed, and now they're currently at the bottom of the teams that are actually in the bubble. Speaking of teams actually in the bubble, the Wizards have been so bad that in the official standings they have fallen below the Charlotte Hornets in the standings. Um, (laughs) Charlotte is not in the bubble, as we all know, uh, but their win percentage has dropped. Um, People were saying that obviously this has nothing to do with it because the bubble teams are seated separately. But I thought it was really interesting to see like just how bad the Wizards have been. Yeah. Um, One more point. It's interesting because the 11th, 12th, and 13th seed 
Kings, Suns, Pelicans are all the same games back. They're all 22.5 games back from the first seed. So the Pelicans still can stay in it. They're just as good as the two, the second team above them. So if they can battle back and the Spurs lose a couple here, we could see the Pelicans and Trailblazers in that play-in game, and that would be my personal favorite. Yeah. I know the Spurs are playing well, and I know DeMar's balling out, but I really have no incentive to watch the Spurs. Yeah, and I mean, in the two Spurs games I've watched, Jakob Pertl is just struggling so hard under the basket. Uh they signed a new guy, another tall white guy, as their backup center, and he's been coming in early in the first a lot just because Jakob is – I mean, he always has been. He's always had trouble with fouls. Um, so it usually comes down to just Amar bailing them out at the end of a game. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Of course, LaMarcus Aldridge isn't there, so I think the Trailblazers are probably the most likely to get that top seed, and then you see – where it goes from there. I, I really do think that the Grizzlies are going to fall. Um, the other surprise, as we mentioned, currently beating the Pacers, the Suns are yet to lose. Um, and just mm-hmm. because of how far back they were, um, it's looking unlikely. I think they basically have to win every yeah. game to even have a chance of passing those teams. There just aren't enough games. Um, but Devin Booker had that huge shot against the Clippers, um, which was great. Uh this is just the laying down on the floor yeah. with the, <laughs> the head which i think is probably the most surprising storyline like i really didn't expect this out of the suns no definitely not he looked like <laughs> he looks like like a a counselor at summer camp like looking up to see if any of the kids are awake <laughs> <laughs> like his head just like up a little bit yeah <laughs> Just or just like sleeping in a dark room, looking to see if there's a monster in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, yeah, I mean the Suns have been interesting. It's a fun team to watch. Something so I recently followed their Twitter just because I figured out it's actually very funny. Um, all those fringe teams I I never really followed, but uh, they tag the players after good plays, and they are one of those teams where it's like you have to hover over the names because like. Javon Carter is like big game 302 or something is his Twitter handle. It's like, dude, you're like a professional athlete. I think you can just put your full name in there. Yeah, I don't know if that Twitter handle's aged well as well. Yeah. <laughs> What's the last big game Javon Carter? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's more of a defensive player. I think there was one game. <laughs> well, he's had a couple of defensive <laughs> yeah. games, if you have to ask. Well, actually, um, I think he had that one big game at the start of the season. And everyone like jumped on the bandwagon. He was the most picked up player in fantasy, I remember, for a while. And then sort of faded from there. Um, but again, as we talked about, Grizzlies currently lost five. Losing Jaron Jackson, I think, is the biggest thing. Because now Jaw is completely by himself to oh, create the here. offense. I, I don't even want to see them get in. Like I think it makes a lot more sense if they fall. Um it's just going to be the worst series ever if they're against the Lakers. Like, imagine that. They're matchup. not going to get in. And the Trailblazers are ripping. Yeah. They look so good. Especially, like, Mello is just, like, I've yeah. been super surprised with. Like, at the end of the game, after he hit that big shot, he said, you know, like, you get older, but, like, you never lose the clutch gene. I think that's with you for life. And it's just, like. Yeah, it's like the Robert the Robert Ory. Yeah. Or the Ray Allen. Yeah, and especially against the Rockets. It's, like, that's the team that 
literally dropped him because they're like we don't need you on this team and like that was the last team he played for and now he's with portland and i think he's a lot more um respected there uh and i love the resurgence well i also don't like there's a lot of people right now on twitter who like all the other teams gave up on them they're so stupid it's like well he also refused to go to the bench where obviously that's his best like being a cog in a machine Mm -hmm. and not being the best player the second best player the third best player is his role right now and if he can excel in that role, he's going to look really good like he does now. And he will get the ball at the end of the – he will – like he'll hit the buzzer beater. But yeah, on the on the Thunder and on the Rockets, he was just not fitting in largely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's a lot – like Portland took him because of their inflated salaries. So it made a lot of sense for them as well. And I mm-hmm. think it worked out when he got there. I don't think many people thought it would be as good as it has been. Um, but he's closing out games and that's great to see the other thing about that like all this twitter beef i don't know if you saw the after the lakers officially got the one seed lebron was like people have been doubting this team since the first day (laughs) and it's like literally who is doubting you like actually who? literally who said that yeah (laughs) it's like people he loves he always does that he did that with like the washed king thing and then the gray beard he does it all the time he just like makes up like everyone yeah everyone said it <laughs> it's like i i don't think i saw a single power ranking that had them outside of the top two like i think <laughs> some teams had the clipper or some people had the clippers above but there is no way it's like you have two of the best players in the nba and it's like they, they don't they don't know they don't know how powerful we can become <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so i think yeah that's an easy road for them i th- I, I do think just with hassan whiteside and nurk that is a really, really interesting front court matchup in the playoffs. So I think that's what I would like to see from them. I like that position for Hassan Whiteside. I mean, he's definitely overpaid for it. He's making mm-hmm. just over 20, I think. Yeah. But he is really good as kind of a pure defensive player and then let Nurkic kind of get in there. And I don't want to, I don't want to see like 10 seconds of a Hassan Whiteside back down every possession, you know? Mm-hmm. I like those. The Nurkic backdowns are looking crazy. Yeah. He's like, he's like just spinning people out of the way, dunking on everything. He's full of energy. He looks great. And the rebounds as well. I mean, you kind of expect that against the Rockets, I will say, but like yeah. he just has so much speed for his size and he was just cleaning up on the offensive glass. So that was good to see. I think that team probably looks the best. Um, so we will see what happens with that. Have you been surprised by any players in the bubble? I mean, we haven't talked about TJ Warren yet. Um, He's having a bit of a stinker, right? Oh, so that game ended. Uh, So the Suns won just now. Live breaking news on this podcast that's going to come out. So they're now. So they're going to move up. They're in the 11th spot. Mm -hmm. No. Yes. They're tied with the Spurs for the 10th spot. Yeah, you kind of have to wait till like the cycle of games. I find because I'm like, oh, they're up and then they fall because there's all these half games. Um but yeah, they. I mean, TJ Warren with he's currently the leading scorer in the bubble on pure points. Yeah. Uh, but he only had 16 today. I think as a first option, he kind of got more defense there. So that's interesting. By the way, you just you just answered one of my trivia questions for later. So nice. He's averaging 39.7 points. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, that's gonna fall a bit with a 16 point outing. But I mean, the Pacers are pretty much where they're gonna be. Um, I don't think it really matters where they fall no. uh they're going to be the the four or five um 
I really don't see the Sixers passing them. And if they do, it's really not that important. Uh, but certainly surprised by the Sixers there. Or sorry, the Pacers there. Uh, and we shall see what happens. Um, before we get to trivia, any other surprises you've seen? I guess how bad the Sixers still are surprising. Um, they just look so dysfunctional. Al Horford does not look like he knows how to play basketball at all. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much it's. They're very similar to the Pelicans, where it's like, you're so much better than this. Yeah. They're you're so much better than this, and they're just not. They're just not. And now losing Ben Simmons, who hasn't been great. Uh, but he yeah. is likely out for a while. People are comparing it to the Bynum injury. Apparently it's the same one. And mm. that was an eight-week timetable that stretched on for a very, very long time. So it's unlikely. Dislocated his kneecap, didn't Yes, yeah, it? So it had a different name, but I think that's the gist of what it is. Um, so that that's a big blow for them. And we'll we'll sort of see what happens there. But yeah, it's just with the players they have, I just don't get it. I think their team was so good last year. And I don't know why you're giving up a spot-up shooter like J.J. Redick. And I don't think Butler wanted to stay there, but I think those are those two players are so much more important than anyone on the team. I don't really understand why they br- brought in Horford. I think people thought it was great at the time, but it really hasn't helped them at all. He's looked terrible this entire season. Um, obviously getting up there in age, but uh, yeah, Sixers are, are pretty disappointing. Uh, as far as the Raptors, also a little bit disappointed in what I've seen from Siakam. Not that he has to do more than he's doing, but um, he certainly doesn't look like a first option so far. No, he does not. Um, it's weird because he's def- on paper. He should be our best player, mm-hmm. especially after the season he had, especially the start of the season he had. But yeah, I just haven't seen that from him. I think it also might be a factor where the league's figured him out a little bit. He does have a little bit of a one-dimensional first step after that. Gets into league, gets into the the paint, does a spin move, goes up. Yeah. So yeah, he might he might just need to go back and retool his game for the summer. I guess that we're not gonna have a summer. Yeah. <laughs> might never have an off off season summer again in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to think about where the schedule goes from here. I know this is a tangent, but like they're looking at Christmas as a starting date. And then, so then the schedule bleeds even more into the baseball season. So we could, like, for the rest of time, if if the Christmas schedule works, I don't know why they would change it, have a season where we have, like, the NBA. So we have, like, the Raptors, Jays, and Leafs all playing at the same time for, like, an entire month, which would be super weird. Because right now I can't keep up. I'm watching a lot of baseball. I'm watching the Raptors games. I'm not a huge hockey guy, so I, I don't usually watch the Leafs as much as the other two, but because it's a playoffs, I've been trying to mix it in. But apart from the Raptors and the NBA, I haven't really been like keeping up with any other sports. Yeah, neither have I, although I don't usually watch other sports, except for women's tennis. Well, the U.S. Open, Bianca Andreescu, has opted into the U.S. Open whenever that is, so that's going to be interesting Let's defending go. her title at the u.s open stadium love that i forget what I it's called bianca on instagram <laughs> i follow bianca on instagram actually she's like a, a very good follow on everything she's like hilarious yeah. very very torontonian as well i noticed yeah um and a huge raptors fan she's been in a couple of the games um 
I, I, I was also thinking about this. So um, an interesting thing I saw. So obviously the NHL bubble is in Toronto. So they're playing at Scotiabank Arena. The arena actually looks really cool because they have all those mats over the seats, kind of what like what they do in soccer. Um, but because the home team, home team is is separate, uh, even when Toronto is playing at Scotiabank Arena, they're not always the quote unquote home team. So today, the Raptors dressing room is the Leafs dressing room, and then the Blue Jackets are using the Leafs dressing room. That's so which weird. is super weird um apparently a lot of the teams have been using the away dressing room but the leafs wanted to use the raptors dressing room um and they were saying like oh we want that championship to rub up off on us and everyone's like no you are gonna curse that dressing room like please do not go in there um so that's that's, <laughs> that's very weird tidbit um it'll be interesting to see if that helps at all i, d- I doubt it will um i think it, it's more of just a shock thing to go there um but again uh we'll see what happens with hockey i i don't expect that much out of them anyways um yeah should we oh one thing real quick before trivia i noticed something so weird in the game today which was it looks like they're they're beaming the team's logo and the ads onto the court it's not actually on the court like it's like digitally on there yeah which makes a lot more sense. I didn't know we were there with technology yet. I didn't know why we're not there. We can do that with Zoom backgrounds, but I <laughs> I just assumed that they put the stickers down. You you know that the like shot clock on the floor is also like digitally added, right? No, that's that's uh that's lights under the wood, I think. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh one thing I've actually seen from that uh there's certain ads that don't agree with white jerseys so sometimes when people are running by the ad will go over someone's butt which is very weird if they're like (laughs) it it, i noticed it in the clippers game because they were wearing white and it just like goes over top of them and it's very weird um you could fit a whole ad on kyle lowry if he ran by yeah and i kind of get it because it's like those team or those companies have paid for the ad space but like watching a game in orlando between the Lakers and the Rockets and you see like UCLA health ads. It's just like very (laughs) weird on like a national TV broadcast. It's like, I don't think everyone needs to see that. Just my opinion. I don't think I'm going to use the U S healthcare system ever, hopefully. Um, So yeah, that is very fun. But again, I think that kind of speaks to how well it's all run. Do you also, we haven't talked about this yet. The virtual fans. I've been enjoying some of the like, super fans that we've seen what do you think about that? yeah i think i like it on social media it doesn't do anything for me in the game yeah. i guess actually because they're pumping in crowd noise which i actually like now i didn't like it originally but now i like it so when the fans are in the background with the pumped in crowd noise it's a little bit more natural yeah. so i do like that but yeah i'm not sure i you know what i would like I would love as this bubble progresses if they could just bring in like 25 celebrities to be in the bubble and just sit along like the court side on the the side opposite of the bench. Like a Jack Nicholson, like a a fan that you would usually see there. Or or yeah, just like, like Kevin Hart yeah. and like 
I don't know if Kevin Hart has enough time, but I don't know. No one's doing anything right now other than like their Zoom things. That's true. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think my favorite one so far is Lil Wayne, who is so high, <laughs> like just so high on the thing. He was trying to give a high five to the fan beside him and he was just like laughing. I love that one. And then Mark Jackson was also there, which is hilarious because it's like, aren't you working? <laughs> it's like no he's just on the tv um so that was a good one all right let's get to some trivia okay so this bubble has presented a lot of fun opportunities for the players to make fun of their accommodations and also to enjoy uh the various accoutrements that present themselves at the wonderful world of disney so my first question to you, Andy, is name five players that have gone fishing. That have gone fishing at the bubble? Fishing in the bubble. Uh, okay. I've watched the blogs. I feel like Kyle You Quinn, watched a blog. The blogs, like the bubble blogs that everyone's doing. That we've I believe those about. are called vlogs. Vlogs. You know, Jack, I'm an, I'm an older... <laughs> I'm the older, elder statesman of this podcast. I'm not up on the the hip terms that the kids are using these days, like vlogs. And butt plug. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay. So I know Boban definitely did. Boban is correct. That's one. Do you have a list? I have a list. I did uh, my research. So I know he went with the Mavs, so I'm going to throw Luka Doncic in there. You have two. Jonas Valanciunas caught a fish. That's three. There was a picture of Norm with a fish. I don't know if he caught one. It I was don't know if he went fishing. I can't confirm photoshopped. that. So I'm not sure if he was actually fishing or if that was just for social. I'm not going to count that one, but he may have. Okay. Um. Alex Caruso definitely did. Good college station boy. No, I don't think he did. I, I, he was in JaVale's blog and he did. He caught a fish. Okay, fine, fine. Yeah. And then um, one more. Uh, I'm trying to think of... It's the one, I, the first one that everybody saw. Well, that, that was years ago, Jack. He threw the fish into the lake with the wrong hand. Oh, Ben Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> he can't that shoot a, a fish great... back into the lake. That was the like, best. He's really digging his own grave here. The rest um, was Kawhi Leonard, which we mentioned on the last podcast. Oh, oh, oh it's a big one. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. He's a beefy. <laughs> Montrez Harrell, Darius Baisley, Paul George, Kylo Quinn, DeLon Wright. Tim Hardaway Jr., Buddy Heald, Reggie Jackson, and many more that I probably don't have. So it seems like there's certain teams that are like really into fishing. Like the Mavs, the Clippers, the Sixers had like a bunch of guys on those those lists. And then I feel like there's another bubble because I've seen with like Chris Paul. It, it looks like the Thunder and the Spurs are doing a bunch of that mm. like sack throwing game. I forget what it's called. Cornhole? Cornhole. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. To Apparently Chris Paul's bowling a lot. I know he... He yeah. bowls. I heard. I heard he does like he hits like three hundreds. Bowl bowling is like an underrated sport. It's like great for like just chilling and like hanging out. You know what? It's a little bowling. too good for chilling for me because the first couple rounds, you're like, oh, we're bowling. Maybe we got a beer, and then yeah. you're on like round eight, and you're like, all right, I'm ready to go. I'm yeah. especially if you like if you're the one that just keeps roasting balls into the. <laughs> 
<laughs> to the side. Guys, can we can we put the rails up? <laughs> yeah, would you guys mind? Actually, you get the thing where you put it in the top and it rolls down. <laughs> yeah, for the little kids. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what's up next? All right. So I had one about who's averaging the most points. TJ Warren, 39.7. Yeah. Next. Late. Rajon Rondo, ironically or unironically, was not impressed with his room. Yes. What did he say the room reminded him of? Uh, okay, so first of all, screw that. That was a very nice room and makes me think of what Rondo is used to. It was a normal hotel room. It looked like a, yeah. it looked like when you're booking. I, so I used to work in the industry. If you right as a lifeguard, <laughs> if uh, I was a lifeguard at a hotel, um, yeah. it was a, it was also a category five. And let me tell you something. I don't stay at it unless it's a category five or above. Okay, let's get that straight. Right. Second of all, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh yeah, that was <laughs> that's like if you want the suite, like you you can have the room that's like the two like the 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 double bed what is it called a full a full size double whatever you got the double bed and then there's like a couch in the room too like that's like the upgraded version of the Mm. the other one but what did rondo say that his room reminded him of it's it's it yeah i know it had a like down like one of these emojis down thumb thumb thumbs down that's a word I'm going to say, I think it's a Motel 6. That is correct. Good poll. I I was trying to remember if it was 8 or 6. Hey, speaking of hotel rooms, um, so sometime in the bubble, I think it was one of the first weeks before we really got into games, uh, it was Damian Lillard's birthday, and CJ McCollum posted the picture on like of his room like dressed up you know like in university you would like dress up people's yes which is like so fun so they're doing that again but in the corner of of dame's room there was a little thing that said presidential suite and then when the trailblazers officially posted the picture they photoshopped out that button that said presidential suite which i think is hilarious that's so funny (laughs) because like of course like you're all NBA point guard, like the talisman of the Blazers is going to get the best room. I think that's yeah. fair. I don't yeah. think anyone would argue against that. But I love how they're like, oh no, everyone's everyone's living the same. Yeah. Um, but you can assume like Malcolm Miller probably doesn't have the same quality of room as Kyle. No, Lauer. Zach Collins' feet are hanging off the end of his bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he has to like walk, knock on. Uh, he has to knock on Nurkic's door to use like his microwave and. Yeah. <laughs> which is pretty funny i think as as far as the blogs i've seen like matisse Seibel seems to have his whole place set up like he has like a gaming desk set up he has like a nap space and all this other stuff like red bull sent him like a fridge he so i think it, it's really in his room that's what he called it he has like a second a bed. bed yeah like a second bed for like he uses it for yoga and then takes a nap on it, which is kind of cool but i think just speaking of rondo it's like what you make of it like you can you have unlimited funds, I think, yeah. as an NBA player, as far as like decorating a room. So you can put whatever you want in there. Um, so, yeah. All right. The next question. This is similar. This happened around the same time frame. Your second last question. There was a two pictures circulating about the bubble food. Can you name one 
Two, well, two food items. You mean like right at the start? Right at the start, there's a picture yeah. that was going around of a very... This was legitimately like not <laughs> a good-looking meal. But I forget who it was who posted it. I think it was a guy on the Pacers. I believe... I might be wrong. But yeah, the food, as we talked about, I think has gotten a lot better. It looks a lot better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably fine. Um, I think there was a bowl of grapes. There was a bowl of fruit. Oh, okay. And um, there was a roll in a bag. There was a roll. Sure. There, was, yeah. there was a roll. <laughs> it was like airplane food almost. It was, yeah, it was essentially airplane food. You had like two yeah. types of like chips maybe once cookies yeah you had some pickled onions or it's like chopped up onions you had just looks like some mixed greens yeah so yeah that was uh that was interesting to start the bubble yeah like i think they would you'd think they would do something special just to avoid the pr headache but apparently not Okay, and we're not going to do my next question because it's not fun in retrospect. It's named 15 Head Coaches. <laughs> nice. It just sounds like a chore. Uh, Jason Kidd, uh, no. Nick Nurse, Eric Spolstra. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I know. That's okay. Um, you know, actually, w- before we wrap up, I think there's one other thing we should talk about because there was a coaches vote for Coach of the Year, which is not the official NBA Coach of the Year vote. Yeah. Where we had... Uh, uh, who was the second one? Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan and and, and uh, Bucks Bob. guy Budenholzer. Budenholzer. Um, so they they won it, but I've seen some slander going on around this. This is not the official NBA award. No, and everybody freaked out. <laughs> yeah, um, this happens every year. I think. Um, I remember this happening once before. Um, people thinking Nick Nurse had a chance last year. I think he has a much better chance this year, but. From what I've read from um, uh, Blake Murphy, a uh, writer for the Raptors at The Athletic, from his poll with the rest of the NBA writers, it's a runaway with Nick Nurse for, mm-hmm. for media members who are voting on that award. So yeah. um, that's certainly still up in the air for that. Um, and yeah, um, I think that's all we have for this week. Uh, lots of fun games. We're going to keep this rolling week by week. We're trying to get some other guests it's been pretty difficult um, trying to organize stuff over Zoom. Uh, so hopefully some big names coming through soon um, that we can talk to. So as always, remember Instagram, uh, we're going to post highlights there as well as links to all of our socials. So all offense basketball at Instagram. That's where you can find us. And of course, you can listen to this wherever you find your podcast. Thanks as always for listening and we will see you guys next time. Bye.